Amidst the coronavirus pandemic, the abortion industry and their Democratic Party serviles rush to prove their great love of abortions, no matter what. Pro-abortion governors let abortion clinics operate while every other elective surgery is canceled. Planned Parenthood files a lawsuit against Texas for ordering abortion clinics closed. Nancy Pelosi attempts to smuggle abortion funding into the stimulus relief package. And the abortion industry pushes telemedicine abortions as a solution to abortion access problems. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Welcome to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you're healthy. I hope you're staying safe. And I hope you're making it through this strange time in our country's history with this quarantine and self-isolation. And I hope it's giving you more time with family and friends. Hey, if you like this show and you've been listening to us for a little while and this has been helpful for you, please go ahead and give us a rating and review. Let us know what you think. That really helps, particularly at a moment where a lot of people are consuming tons of media with a lot of downtime. It really helps us show up on the different platforms so more people can be exposed to pro-life ideas, to have their hearts and consciences pricked with the truth. So a lot has been going on in the country. Obviously, this is the most unprecedented event in American history. And the abortion industry is making use of the timeless saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. And they're ensuring that they can ramrod the type of policies and victories that they would want to see and have wanted to see for decades at a time when people are afraid and when they're scared. And it's just a particularly disgusting strategy to hold withhold funding, to target individuals, to target the unborn, and to increase the likelihood that other people will get infected because you as the abortion industry are withholding, rather the Democratic Party, withholding support from people because you're trying to fund abortion. So we're going to talk about all this and more. So apparently pro-abortion governors throughout the country are allowing abortion clinics a free pass while banning all other elective surgeries, which is just borderline insane. According to a White House task Force press briefing on March 18th, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, announced that all elective, non-essential medical, surgical, and dental procedures be delayed during the COVID-19 outbreak. And this makes sense if you're trying to stem the infection rate, if you're trying to decrease it, and if you're trying to ensure that you don't get the infection rate above the medical capacity available to care for those people in terms of medical equipment, in terms of bed and respirators and all of the all, all of that. So they're asking that if there are any elective non-essential surgeries for those to be canceled or delayed. But the pro-abortion governors who serve the abortion industry are allowing abortion clinics to remain open and operate surgical abortions as the only surgery that is not being banned in these states. So according to this press release, they said as more healthcare providers are increasingly being asked to assist with the COVID-19 response, it is critical that they consider whether non-essential surgeries and procedures can be delayed so they can preserve personal protective equipment or PPE, beds, and ventilators. The reality is clear and the stakes are high. We need to preserve personal protective equipment for those on the front lines of this fight, said CMS Administrator Seema Verma. And so they're asking a lot of these in uh, healthcare providers, hospitals, uh, dental places, surgical procedure offices to 
donate a lot of these resources to hospitals that will need them to care for people who have coronavirus. But the abortion industry doesn't want to have anything of that because for them, it's always about a quick buck. Now, there are two reasons why canceling or delaying elective surgeries and procedures is important and is completely common sense. Firstly, they're delaying these surgeries for the same reason that they're telling people to stay home, to stop the spread of the virus. And surgeries would be a particularly easy way to spread coronavirus. Uh, believe it or not, you're actually pretty up close and personal to people when they're performing surgery on you. So they're canceling those for the same reason they're asking people to stop engaging in social interactions. Secondly, they're asking them to do this to ensure that we have enough personal protective equipment, beds, and ventilators for those infected in need of care so that we don't end up in Italy's position of rationing care, which has become a horrific situation for that country. They have more people infected than they're able to care for. So they're having to turn away 70, 80-year-old individuals and not give them care, not give them ventilators, not care for their lives because they just don't have enough resources or personnel to care for these people. So they're focusing it on those who are younger, who are more likely to survive this infection. That's one of the worst situations to ever be in as a country in terms of your uh, health care. Uh, so we want to stay away from that. So we need to ensure we have the resources available. So we need to curb the infection rate. So canceling all elective non-essential surgeries frees up resources and equipment. So this is why, right? obvious, this is completely obvious. But these pro-abortion governors in multiple states are allowing these abortion clinics to stay open because they deem abortion as what? Essential, essential health care. Therefore, it wouldn't fit under the CMS's uh, category of non-essential care. Now, obviously, abortion is not essential, certainly not for the mother, because abortion is never medically necessary to save the mother's life, even in a high-risk pregnancy. And any other reason you would get an abortion is certainly not essential. But for the servants of the abortion industry, anything that prevents a woman from killing her child and therefore prevents the industry from profiting off of that murder is unacceptable. And we've seen this time and time again for decades. The pro-abortion movement and their democratic serviles have opposed any type of measure that would decrease or make access to any abortion more difficult, even if the intent of the bill was not to decrease abortion, but to ensure better protections for women's health. And they will have nothing to do with it. So according to Live Action News on March 24th, they report that these following states are allowing abortion clinics to remain open and operate while canceling all other elective non-essential procedures. So these states include Alabama, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Virginia, and Washington. According to Live Action News, most states in their orders to halt all non-essential and elective procedures do not clarify whether abortion is permitted under the various procedure bans during COVID-19. Abortion facilities in many states continue to kill pre-born children using vital resources that could otherwise be used to save lives. So on top of the states who are explicitly allowing abortion clinics to remain open and operating, there's a handful of other states that have not specified whether abortion is a essential or non-essential healthcare procedure. So many of the abortion clinics in these following states will probably be operating surgical abortions as well. And that would include Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Maine, Pennsylvania, Vermont, and West Virginia. Well, predictably, New York politicians have epitomized this pathetic excuse for political leadership in deeming abortion essential health care and therefore increasing the likelihood that individuals will contract the coronavirus because they're going to get surgeries when the whole government and the CDC are encouraging self-isolation. Well, 
the state of New York being one of the most rabidly pro-abortion states, are putting their self-delusion and abortion ideology on full display. So according to the New York Post on March 20th, Governor Andrew Cuomo shut down the state saying, quote, I want to be able to say to the people in New York, I did everything we could do. And if everything we do saves just one life, I'll be happy. Now, first of all, first of all, that statement is completely indefensible. That's not true. It's not true that 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 all actions are justified if it saves one life. I think we lose about the same number that we lost on 9-11 every day to car accidents in America. And nobody is saying if it saves one life, we're going to ban vehicular transportation. So clearly the argument that, oh, if it just saves one life, therefore it's justified, is not a defensible argument that even Governor Cuomo would make. But he's happy to use it in this context to politically pander to make himself look like the savior of New York. This is also ironic because, as you probably remember, in January of 2019, Cuomo oversaw the Reproductive Health Act bill, which legalized abortion through point of birth in the state of New York and removed abortions from the penal code, meaning that if a man murders a pregnant woman, he will not be charged with two counts of homicide. In the state of New York, over 100,000 abortions are performed every year from latest statistics from the Guttmacher Institute. And Andrew Cuomo is happy to green light the slaughter of over 100,000 innocent human lives while saying when it comes to a virus and an infection, if we can save just one born person's life, then everything I'm recommending and ramrodding through will be morally justified. In fact, according to the Guttmacher Institute, New York represents 12.2% of all abortions in the United States, a very high number for a very small state that loves them some abortions and Cuomo overseeing that dedication to abortion. According to the New York Times on March 24th, Jesse McKinley and Shane Goldmacher write that in response to the debate over whether it's justifiable to open up the economy while putting older residents' lives at risk, Governor Cuomo said, we're not going to accept a premise that human life is disposable, and we're not going to put a dollar figure on human life. Well, if that's not ironic, I don't know what is. If it saves one life, I'll be happy and it's justified. And we would never accept the premise that human life is disposable while he passes legislation with his BFF Hillary freaking Clinton that says you can murder over 100,000 human beings in the state of New York every year and light our towers pink in celebration of that blood shed. So what is the response of radical abortion ideologues like Cuomo and others mean? This radical dedication to keeping up abortion clinics open in their state, regardless of the consequences in expanding the infection rate of the virus. What does this radical response mean? Well, I'm going to tell you in one second, but first we're offering a new feature here at Unaborted with Seth Gruber. We're beginning to take your questions, anything related to abortion, politics, the culture, faith, and how we whether you're a person of faith or not, we as pro-life individuals can be people of life and defend life at a particularly particularly propitious moment in the war over abortion. So to get your questions answered, simply email your question to unaborted at sethgruber.com. That is unaborted at sethgruber.com. So what does this response of these radical abortion ideologues like Cuomo and others mean? Why are they willing to risk infecting more lives with this virus by keeping abortion clinics open while claiming that they care about saving just one 
life. Well, New York Attorney General Letitia James, an abortion lover in her own right, gives us some insight, I think, as to why they're doubling down and committing to protecting the ability of abortion clinics to operate regardless of the potential virus consequences of doing so. Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, on March 26th, released this press release. She said, to be clear, the coronavirus is not an excuse for federal, state, or local governments to curtail women's reproductive freedoms or limit their choices. Any woman who wants to get into a doctor's office or into a clinic today and get an abortion should continue to be able to do so. And for those who do not feel comfortable leaving their homes as we battle COVID-19, we are fighting to maintain women's access to abortion and the abortion pill so that their reproductive choices are not limited. And we'll get to this later. This is the, the Christmas wish list of the abortion industry to push telemedicine RU486 abortion pills. She continues and said the restrictions we are seeing be put into place are simply aimed at controlling women's bodies, women's choices, and women's freedom. And I will do everything in my power to stop this attack on a women's constitutional right to an abortion. Okay. Besides the linguistic gymnastics uh, necessary for any of this to make sense, what she's telling us is that a woman's bodily autonomy or right to choose, right, an abortion, can never be compromised, even when others may be harmed in the process. That's what she's saying. A woman's right to practice her bodily autonomy in arranging the dismemberment of her unborn child can never be compromised, period, even if the protection of that right to get an abortion ends up harming or endangering others in the process. Now, that's obviously why they believe in abortion, right? They obviously believe that it does not matter that the unborn child is killed or harmed in the process of their mother exercising their bodily autonomy. So they already believe that lives can be sacrificed, namely unborn lives, in the mother's pursuit of bodily autonomy. That's obvious. But now we're seeing the abortion industry and their political serviles expand that moral justification even to the endangerment of innocent born people. Does that make sense? They're willing to risk the endangerment, infection, harm to innocent born lives who might contract the coronavirus as long as they can keep their centers open, their abortion mills open, as long as those women still have the ability to practice their bodily autonomy, to obtain an abortion, then it matters not that other innocent born people might contract coronavirus and end up having their lives endangered or harmed in the process. That's what is clear from the commitment of Letitia James, New York Attorney General, and of course, the New York Governor, Andrew Cuomo. While politically posturing about the importance of saving just one life, regardless of the actions it requires for us to save that one life, they will simultaneously increase the likelihood that more people and lives will get the coronavirus by enabling the abortion clinics to stay open. So what's the message? Women have the right and access to practice their bodily autonomy even if unborn children are killed in the process or born individuals are harmed or infected in the process because nothing can stop a woman from accessing her constitutional right to an abortion, as Letitia James says. Keeping abortion clinics open while performing surgical abortions will endanger the health of patients coming into the facility, as well as countless others who may contract coronavirus either through those who are asymptomatic <laughs> and they're not experiencing any symptoms or those who are still in the incubation period of the virus but don't know they have it but will be spreading it anyways. Andrew Cuomo, Letitia James, they're fine with that. Why? 
because the born people who might contract coronavirus are a necessary sacrifice to be given onto the altar of abortion ideology because nothing can impact or stop a woman from pursuing her constitutional right to an abortion. So this is a little bit about what's going on in the country right now as pro-abortion governors are greenlighting the ability of abortion clinics to operate while they claim that we should be social distancing and banning every other elective non-essential medical procedure because abortion is really essential and women need to have the right to kill their children. Furthermore, Planned Parenthood recently filed a lawsuit against Texas for ordering abortion clinics closed. <laughs> in the midst of this nationwide pandemic, their response is not to give of their resources and personal protection equipment. It's to sue Texas for ordering abortion clinics to be closed, just like they're ordering all other healthcare clinics to be closed. They're not, <laughs> they're not narrowly selecting Planned Parenthood to discriminate against them. This is a nationwide response, rather a statewide response in Texas, to curb the infection rate of coronavirus. According to National Review, Alexandra DeSanctis writing on March 26, several, several abortion advocacy groups, including Planned Parenthood, the Center for Reproductive Rights, and the Lawyering Project, are suing Texas Governor Greg Abbott after the state designated surgical abortion as a non-essential procedure that must be suspended until the coronavirus has passed. The decision was made in conjunction with the governor's announcement that all healthcare facilities in the state should postpone any procedures that are not medically necessary so that healthcare professionals can handle a surge in COVID-19 cases. In Ohio, lawmakers made a similar decision and abortion rights activists have vowed to present a legal challenge there too. In fact, Louisiana recently just did the same thing as Texas and Ohio by ordering abortion clinics to be shut. So Ken Paxton, the Texas attorney general, is defending Texas Governor Greg Abbott's decision and responding to the Planned Parenthood lawsuit in the midst of all of this because they're so angry that women won't be able to kill their children because Texas state is trying to adequately respond to the coronavirus. And he tweeted out on March 25th, it is unconscionable that abortion providers are fighting against the health of Texans and withholding desperately needed supplies and personal protective equipment in favor of a procedure they refer to as choice. So they, the state of Texas is now in the midst of a lawsuit for simply trying to ensure that they protect their own citizens curb the infection rate of this virus, and free up resources and healthcare equipment for hospitals that may very soon be burdened by the influx of infected citizens. Um, in fact, far from happily complying with state governments in order to free up personal protective equipment, Planned Parenthood is actually requesting donations of personal protective equipment so they can continue killing babies during a pandemic where resources are limited. Planned Parenthood of Keystone in Pennsylvania posted this on their website recently. Donations needed. In uncertain times like this, Planned Parenthood is as committed to patients as always. We will provide as many people as possible with the critical sexual health care they need to stay safe and healthy. In order to help us do this, please consider donating hand sanitizer, home-sewn masks, shoe covers, and surgical hats to protect our medical staff as they continue to provide care in our communities. The very equipment and resources that local and state governments are asking health care offices that don't need to remain open to donate to hospitals who will need them in order to ensure there's enough care for the people who will be infected. And Planned Parenthood is not only not willing to donate them, not willing to shut down their clinics, oftentimes in respect of the 
administration's request for them to do so, but is soliciting donations of the very resources they should be donating so that they can continue functioning, killing babies and making a profit. By the way, imagine if any other healthcare or surgical center whose surgery didn't involve the murder of innocents demanded to remain open and filed lawsuits against their state who is merely trying to stop the spread of a virus. Nobody would be okay with that. And the abortion industry would be lambasting those healthcare clinics who don't kill babies by saying, why aren't you willing to join the team and jump on the bipartisan bus of helping us solve this national crisis? But if abortion clinics do it and the abortion industry refuses to comply with national recommendations coming out of the CDC because they want to keep killing babies and make a pretty penny doing so, then they're just social justice warriors and they're defending feminism. Ridiculous. DeSanctis continues at National Review. She says, if Planned Parenthood really were an essential healthcare organization, as its executives and supporters so often claim, wouldn't its affiliates be suspending elective procedures such as abortion to focus on helping with the healthcare crisis ravaging the country? Instead, the group is wasting valuable time and resources suing lawmakers who are trying to reduce unnecessary instances in which the virus could spread. What an important question. <laughs> Why does Planned Parenthood in the abortion industry, who claims to be a healthcare provider because they believe they're above every other healthcare provider, have fought tooth and nail against any form of regulation for decades? Why do they think that they're above the regulations and recommendations of every other healthcare provider? Well, I'll tell you in just one second. But first, if you like this show and want to hear more great content and commentary from the front lines of the abortion wars and the pro-life movement, then head on over to patreon.com slash unaborted and consider becoming a patron of the show. Greg Cunningham, a longtime pro-life leader, once said that there are more people working full-time to kill babies than there are working full-time to save them. That's because killing babies is very profitable while saving them is very costly. It's costly for pro-life organizations to function because we rely on your donations, whereas the pro-abortion movement, it just gets tax dollars thrown at them, and then they make a pretty penny on the killing of babies. We need your help, and this show is an important contribution to the pro-life movement to equip and train pro-life individuals to be defenders of life and to create a movement of people who are truly the advocates of human equality protecting life. So if you want to expand the reach of the show, our production value, the amount of content we bring to you, consider becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com slash unaborted and we'll be right back with a whole lot more in just one second welcome back to unaborted so why why does planned parenthood think that they're above every other healthcare organization which they claim to be one in terms of the recommendations and procedures and often requirements that are being given by CDC and this administration to stem the infection rate of this virus to protect lives and ensure that we don't end up with more infected people than we have healthcare providers and medical equipment to care for. Why do they insist on suing the state of Texas for including Planned Parenthood and every other healthcare provider that they've demanded stop operating non-essential surgical procedures in order to provide a solution. Why does Planned Parenthood think that they're above everyone else? Sex. That's the answer. The answer is sex. S-E-X. Let's talk about sex. For the left, everything is about sex. It always has been. Sexual libertinism at any cost. The pro-abortion movement was birthed out of the sexual revolution, for goodness sakes. A woman's right to sexual freedom. The breakdown of the family, sleep with whoever you want, create as many children 
as you accidentally do in your sexual escapades. And if you get pregnant, then it's also just sexual freedom to kill that child. The feminist perspective, the feminist movement was hijacked by the pro-abortion movement in order to further their worldview, their movement, and their messaging. And so even a woman's right to sexual freedom was extended to include the right to kill your own preborn offspring. Think about the causes that the left cares about, indoctrinating children with a transgender ideology that suggests that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. Think about the sexual uh, education bill from the state of California, co-written by Planned Parenthood, that starts in freaking kindergarten, that says things like, if you don't have a dildo, use a cucumber. Think about drag queen story hours and think about abortion. Everything that the left cares so deeply about, their greatest quote unquote virtues, which we understand to be vices, is about sex. Planned Parenthood believes that they should be exempt from the same requirements and rules as every other healthcare provider because no access to abortion means you have to evaluate the sexual choices that you make. No access to abortion means that you have to grow up and stop being a slave to your sexual appetite and take responsibility for the child that you may create, in the vast majority of cases, a consensual act of sex. For the left, restricting abortion is the same thing as restricting sexual freedom because they actually believe the BS that they're selling, which is what? that consent to sex is not consent to pregnancy. <laughs> they actually believe that. So if they consent to sex and they get pregnant, well, I, I didn't consent to getting pregnant. Get this demon seed out of my womb. I consented to sex and to have a few orgasms and have fun. I didn't consent to a child. Get it out, abort it. Abortion to the left is the same thing as sexual freedom and reproductive health care and family planning. Sex is king to the left and to the abortion industry. So not only should there be no restrictions on abortion, enabling parents to murder the children that they create through sex, but that abortion should also be available regardless of whether it harms others or increases the, inf in the infection rate of coronavirus. And you'd be hard-pressed to find a politician more self-deluded and more committed to this radical sexual libertinism and fake feminism than Nancy Pelosi, who we'll get to in just one second. The only one who loves her some Planned Parenthood more than Planned Parenthood loves them some Planned Parenthood. Nancy Pelosi, probably one of the greatest political enemies of unborn children right now, given her uh, position of political leadership. And she recently tried to smuggle abortion funding into the stimulus relief package that is being provided to Americans who can't turn a profit because the government shut down their business. So this is not socialism. This is a government-wide response to the reality that they ruined the ability of individuals to turn a profit. She tried to sneak abortion funding into this relief package by providing reimbursements to healthcare providers, which would include abortion and which would be uh, a violation of the Hyde Amendment. So according to the Daily Caller on March 12th, written by Christian Detoc, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi sought to include a potential way to guarantee federal funding for abortion into the coronavirus economic stimulus plan, plan, according to multiple senior White House officials. 
Speaking to the Daily Caller, those officials alleged that while negotiating the stimulus with U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Munchen, Pelosi tried to lobby for several provisions that stalled bipartisan commitment to the effort. One was a mandate for up to $1 billion to reimburse laboratory claims, which White House officials say would have set a precedent of health spending without protections outlined in the Hyde Amendment. What's the Hyde Amendment? It keeps federal tax dollars from funding the abortion industry. Now, money is fungible, so while we give over half a million dollars to Planned Parenthood every year, they just say, well, we don't use it for abortions, but it's fungible, so we're still funding abortion, but the Hyde Amendment says tax dollars can't explicitly fund abortion. Okay. Article continues, a new mandatory funding stream that does not have high protections would be unprecedented, one White House official explained. Under the guise of protecting people, Speaker Pelosi is working to make sure taxpayer dollars are spent covering abortion, which is not only backwards, but goes against historical norms. A second White House official referred to the provision as a slush fund. And yet another question, what does the Hyde Amendment and abortion have to do with protecting Americans from coronavirus? <laughs> right. So this has just become Pelosi's bipartisan uh, partisan Christmas wish list that she's trying to ramrod through and never letting a good crisis go to waste, knowing she has an increased likelihood of actually successfully getting away with this because people are in a heightened state of needing to pass a stimulus package to provide for Americans who are hurting. By the way, Pelosi tried to ramrod a bunch of crap through her partisan Christmas wish list, including changing the emission standards on airplanes, giving wind and solar tax credits, mandates on corporate board diversity, so you have to have a certain amount of ethnic minorities on your board, and restructuring the post office debt. What the hell do any of these things have to do with a with a worldwide pandemic and a stimulus package passed to give money to Americans who are hurting because they can't turn a profit? So Pelosi has been using this as a way to get her partisan Christmas list, which, of course, would include abortion funding. Ben Sass, the senator from Nebraska and the one who wrote the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, responded to Pelosi's shenanigans in a statement to National Review, saying, while schools are closing and hospitals are gearing up, Speaker Pelosi is waging unnecessary culture wars. Pelosi should be fighting the coronavirus pandemic, not politicizing emergency funding by fighting against the bipartisan Hyde Amendment. We need to be ramping up our diagnostic testing, not waging culture wars at the behest of Planned Parenthood. Good grief. (laughs) Well said, Ben Sass. Well, like Planned Parenthood, Nancy Pelosi is willing to harm Americans who are in desperate need of financial aid due to the government shutting down their ability to turn a profit in order to advocate her political agenda and her volunteer role as an abortion ambassador at the behest of Planned Parenthood. While this pandemic and crisis may be hurting the abortion industry's profits and ability to operate, there is one thing, however, they are very excited about and are more than happy to capitalize on. And we'll get that to that in just one second. But first, I've teamed up with my new friend Sarah Vienna for a pro-life church tour. Sarah is an international speaker and singer who works in Romania and the states defending the cause of the needy from unborn to elderly. Our I'm Alive Church Tour is named after Sarah's song, I'm Alive. I'm Alive Tour captures both the beauty and truth of the pro-life position. And speaking to your head and your heart, this tour will win the hearts of your church for life while equipping them to defend life. Based on biblical truths, I'm Alive can help your church create a culture of life that fights to love our unborn neighbors and their mothers and fathers. So happening summer and fall of 2020, this tour will fill up fast. To bring I'm Alive to your cho- to, to your church, email us at imalivetour at gmail.com, imalivetour at gmail.com for questions and bookings. And we'll be right back with a whole lot more. <laughs> Thank you.
Welcome back to Unaborted with Seth Gruber. So as I was saying, while this pandemic and crisis may be hurting the abortion juggernaut and their ability to turn a profit and operate, and so therefore they're going to sue states like Texas, they're going to refuse to close their doors in recognition of the solutions being offered by this administration, there is one thing that they are very excited about and are more than happy to capitalize on. You see, the abortion industry has been pushing telemedicine abortions for quite some time, which would involve the shipping of the abortion pill straight to your door after a brief consultation through a FaceTime live video call with an abortionist literally anywhere in the country who signs off on it. Then either it can be uh, picked up at your local pharmacy or get delivered to your doorstep. The RU486 abortion pill is the future dream of the abortion movement. And so the abortion industry is pushing telemedicine abortions as a solution to abortion access problems during a time when abortion is hard to access because we're in a nationwide pandemic and the entire economy is shutting down. According to Live Action News on March 19th by Carol Novelli, quote, the abortion industry is attempting to use a pandemic to expand the availability of the abortion pill through telemedicine. As the U.S. loosens restrictions on the use of telemedicine, the abortion industry is pouncing on ways they can capitalize off of the COVID-19 crisis to push for the FDA to lift their REMS safety requirements and expand the use of the abortion pill, REMS being an acronym for Risk Evaluation and Mitigation Strategy. Currently under REMS, the abortion pill can only be dispensed by a clinician in an approved hospital or clinic. Leading the charge to this is abortionist Dr. Daniel Grossman and other abortion proponents with ties to abortion pill manufacturer Danko Laboratories. Now, we've talked about Dr. Daniel Grossman before. He is on staff as a senior advisor at Ibis Reproductive Health, which is directly funded by abortion investor the Packard Foundation, and as recently as January 2020, was also funded by the abortion pill manufacturer itself. And Dr. Daniel Grossman is an abortionist. He trains future abortionists, and he's also at the University of California, San Francisco, <clears throat> the greatest uh, collegiate enemy to the unborn. So this is the push now, because women can't get abortions and abortion clinics are shutting down all around the country, their solution is to be able to ship it right to your door. And this is the new horizon of the abortion industry. In a Twitter statement, Daniel Grossman, this abortionist, said, I really hope that the FDA would consider at least temporarily lifting the risk evaluation mitigation strategy for mifepristone, the first pill of the abortion regimen. And the state that have imposed bans on the use of telemedicine for medication abortion will also lift their bans. We need to care for patients not including unborn patients, of course. It is clear that the healthcare system will likely be overburdened by COVID-19, and abortion care <laughs> delivery will also be stressed. Some physicians who perform abortions travel long distances to provide care, which may become more difficult. Some patients also need to travel. <laughs> so you see, the access problems are so difficult now. So we just want to ship an abortion to your mailbox not caring that you'll be bleeding out in your over your toilet, that there's a high, about a 10% failure rate of abortions, meaning you have to go back in for a surgical abortion, not caring about the roughly 8 to 12% of women who will bleed for over 30 days and have painful contractions and drive them to their knees. By the way, all of this coming from the CDC. No, screw all of that. We're going to ship it right to your door. And Gavin Newsom, California state governor, is fully on board with this too. Having signed SB 24, which starting in 2023, will force California four-year state universities to provide this RU486 abortion pill in their university freaking health centers, ignoring the recommendations of the CDC, of his own staff, and of the previous governor of California, Jerry Brown. So Gavin Newsom, having been the former 
mayor of San Francisco, um, obviously in the same type of worldview camp as Daniel Crossman. So the live action news article continues saying what's really going on here is an effort to lift the FDA's REMS requirements through a back door because many doctors are unwilling to provide or stock these deadly pills. Lifting REMS would enable the abortion pill to be sold online as teleabortion or shipped into pharmacies. It also raises the possibility of transforming average working people into abortion providers of sorts. Pharmacists, postal carriers, Parcel delivery drivers, schools, and questionable online websites could someday soon find themselves unwittingly participating in the killing of preborn children. Why does the abortion industry and their political serviles, primarily in the Democratic Party, care so much about telemedicine abortion? Obviously, they're not letting a good crisis go to waste, and they're using this to try to advance the availability and sale of the abortion pill. But why is this so important to them, and why is this so high on their wish list? Well, here's some reasons. Over 90% of abortions are performed in the first trimester, according to the Guttmacher Institute. And the pro-life movement is winning on banning late-term abortions, which are a super minority of the abortions. Now, kill a million babies a year in the United States of America, small, small percentages still represent large numbers. So I'm not saying these numbers don't matter. There's a lot of babies being murdered in the late term. But the pro-life movement is winning in restricting abortion later in pregnancy, which means what? That most abortions will continue in the first trimester, particularly if the pro-life movement continues to succeed in various states in banning late-term abortions. So the abortion industry is naturally going to respond in kind with a financial incentive to maximize first trimester abortions because the vast majority of abortions are performed in the first trimester. So that's one reason. Furthermore, brick-and-mortar abortion clinics are more expensive to operate. You have to pay the staff to operate them. And clinics incur a lot of costs, by the way, in paying third parties to get rid of all the dead babies to come and dispose of the babies that they kill. That becomes expensive as well. There are a lot more operating costs that means less money for the abortion serviles in operating brick-and-mortar abortion clinics. Another incentive to push the abortion pill and telemedicine abortions. Furthermore, finding abortionists can often be difficult. In many states, particularly more pro-life states in America, there's only one or two abortionists around, one to three to four around that, at, that do the whole state's abortions. Pretty gnarly. It's hard to find abortionists and uh, it's hard to have enough around to handle the inflow of unwanted children that the abortion industry is happy to dismember. Well, being able to ship off the abortion pill to your doorstep doesn't require a staff. It doesn't require a third party to dispose of the babies because you're telling the women uh, don't look and flush. And the American sewage system becomes your disposal unit for the dead babies that you kill. And you don't need abortionists, except maybe one anywhere in the country to do a quick FaceTime call with the woman wanting an abortion without a medical evaluation, sign off on her abortion, and have her pick it up at the pharmacy or ship to her freaking mailbox. The abortion industry can eliminate a ton of their operating costs and line their pockets with more blood money by dispensing and creating the abortion pill and making it widely available. The abortion pill is also very cheap to manufacture. So there's higher margins and you can sell it everywhere and ship it around the country. Do you see why they're so incentivized to move in this direction? The tale of the abortion industry is one of death, destruction, and selfishness, where anything is justified to achieve abortion victories, even if it involves harming or injuring innocent born people in the process. From state governors helping spread the virus by refusing to close abortion clinics, 
to using up personal protection equipment to kill babies that they refuse to donate to hospitals, to harming families in need of income in order to try and smuggle abortion funding into a stimulus package, to even pushing the abortion pill, which harms women. The abortion juggernaut will dismember unborn people and run roughshod over born people in order to protect their ability to profit off of the murder of babies. That's what all of this is about. All of these examples are examples of the abortion industry and their political serviles taking advantage of an opportune moment, a propitious moment to advance their policies and kill more babies and turn a bigger profit during a crisis, even if it means withholding aid from families in need of help or increasing the likelihood of the infection rate of this virus by allowing abortion clinics to remain open and operate while every other healthcare provider is stopping their non-essential elective surgeries. All of this means one thing, abortions no matter what. The abortion industry does not care about human beings. They don't care about the unborn human beings whose death they sanction and profit off of, but they also don't care about the human beings and lives of born people that they claim to care about because they're happy to endanger the income of families who can't turn a profit right now in order to try to ramrod and smuggle abortion funding into your stimulus package, or they're willing to infect more people as a healthcare provider because they refuse to shut their doors, refuse to donate their personal protection equipment, and are requesting donations of more personal protection equipment so they can continue operating killing babies in an environment where everyone else is saying, we'll stop performing these surgeries in order to provide a solution and stem the infection rate. They don't care about human beings. Human beings are merely a pawn in their political game to ensure that the world they live in in the future is one in which nothing will affect their ability to turn a profit off of the murder of human beings. And if you have a single misgiving about that, screw you and you're not a friend of the abortion industry. Democrat, Republican, Independent. If you have a single problem with that, you can go to hell according to the abortion industry. And of course, we've seen this recently with the law going before the Supreme Court out of Louisiana with Democrat legislator, by the way, Katrina Jackson, one of the only pro-life Democrats in the country, writing a bill saying that abortionists have to have admitting privileges at local hospitals, just like any other type of medical provider in order to ensure better healthcare protections for women. It's not even intended to curb the abortion rate. And we talked about it on the show recently, didn't we? The abortion crazy showing up on the steps of the Supreme Court, screaming their lungs off because this might stem abortion. Chuck Schumer going up there and threatening two Supreme Court justices saying, you don't know what's coming for you. You don't know what's going to hit you. By saying that they're going to examine this law coming out of Louisiana, whether abortionists should have admitting privileges at a local hospital so that if a woman who's getting an abortion gets harmed in the process, she can quickly and efficiently be admitted to the hospital to save her life. That bill incited that type of vitriol from the pro-abortion movement, just like Texas saying we're shutting down abortion clinics to help curb the infection rate of this virus, incites a lawsuit from Planned Parenthood because they're pissed off that these clinics might not be able to turn a profit on the killing of babies. 
The abortion industry does not care about the lives of born or unborn people and are perfectly willing to treat pregnant women like prospects, your children like future prospects, and unborn children like pounds of meat that they dismember for a pretty penny. This is your abortion industry. This is your Democratic Party who are political serviles of the abortion industry who line their pockets with cash and give them 100% NARAL approval rating so they can continue pandering as Democrat saviors of the little guy while they make a profit on the murder of the little guy in the womb. While our country is on the verge of an economic collapse, the abortion industry's approach is never let a good crisis go to waste. And if we can advance telemedicine abortions, sue pro-life states, and enable abortion clinics to remain open, then we're happy to do so in service of MOLAC, in service of the abortion industry. So share this with a pro-choice friend. Share this with a pro-life friend. Uh, listen to this with your kids so they understand what's going on in the country, assuming that they're old enough. And commit yourself to life by educating yourself with what's going on. Start donating to a pro-life organization. Bring me to speak at your church or school. Um, or we'll do a live webinar and uh, we'll keep our social distancing while we're equipping the next generation to be people of life, to be the opponents of this absolute crazy version of sexual libertinism by a movement that is seeking to indoctrinate your children so they become abortion defenders and they become abortion prospects. Hey, stay safe out there. Stay safe with your family. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week with a whole lot more. Thanks for joining me today. If you want to learn more about this show, head on over to iTunes, to Spotify, to YouTube, and subscribe. Leave us a rating and review. It really does help us reach more people. And if you want to learn more and engage with me online, head on over to SethGruber.com, S-E-T-H-G-R-U-B as in baby boy, E-R.com to sign up for my newsletter, to get pro-life resources and training, or to see any of my live speaking events when those start to happen. Again, until next week. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted.